Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, I have with me Jamie Hoover from Blanchard Insurance in Florida. Jamie, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's a it's a Monday morning. I know we've uh, we're still kind of in the middle of this uh, COVID nineteen situation, and things are still a little bit crazy. But how are you guys doing? How are you guys faring with everything? How's your team doing? We're doing good. The team is good. We were already set up uh, pretty much to work remotely from home and in the office, so it didn't play a big havoc on that. Um, so it was an easy transition. Good. But, you know, still, you know, the Zoom meetings and catching up with the teams in the morning and uh, we've utilized some new processes. It's given us some time to figure some things out. So it's going good. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And I'm so excited that I think a, a lot of agencies have a lot of agencies have done some things to make themselves more virtual over the course of the last few years, which has been so important to do, or you know, have the capability of being virtual the last few years, which I think is awesome. But I think this has really been a lesson for a lot of people in the importance of that, um, just for a backup purpose. You know, I mean, just a really good, um, really good. Just um, I don't know how to put it. I'm, I'm struggling for words here, which is not usually like me, but a, a really good lesson just in the concept of what we need to make sure for backups that we have in our agency to make sure that we can still take care of our clients. That's really yeah. kind of where I'm going. I think in Florida, we're so used to shutdowns with hurricane season. True. Um, and that was one of our first test runs um, this last hurricane season where everybody was, you know, take your voice over IP phones home you know, take this home because we don't know if we're able to come in the next couple of days because of, you know, shutdowns, the road shut down, trees in the road, not being able to get out safely. So we were able to, to use that as a test, a test case the last couple of hurricane seasons. So that was a good trial run. Well, good, good. That's awesome. And so you guys were just ready to make that acclimation this year and when all this started a couple of weeks ago, and you guys have just probably not even missed a beat. No, but now we have to get, when this is done, we have to get them wanting to come back to the office. <laughs> My husband and I were actually having that conversation the other day. We're like, I think we're going to have a little bit of a mutiny on our hands with certain people who really enjoy yes. the concept of working from home and people who really feel like maybe they're more efficient that way, where they don't have as much going on as far as like just office stuff or people stopping by their desk and talking to them, or they just feel like they can kind of manage their space a little bit easier. So, cause I know that's, that's how I feel. I really like working from home. It's something I really enjoy. But being an agency owner, you need to make sure you keep that touch with your with your team and so forth. And it's not always by Zoom. So I do make sure I'm in the office, but I do work from home every Friday. Yeah, we're kind of half and half anyways. Um, we have people who have been with us for a long time and have moved to different parts of the they've we've already set them up with their work from homes, you know, in different parts of Florida and, and across the country. Um, that still wanted to stay with us and work with us. So we were able to do that. And now we, I mean, we have um, the way that we kind of have our leads coming in, organic leads, this and that. Um, it's helpful for some of the agents to be in the office all the time because that's where they're getting their business from. And it's good office camaraderie and it helps with training. And um, some agents still need that mentorship and they need to, to be here, everybody together. 
So there's definitely a couple different types of people in the world when it comes to working from home and working in an office. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, tell me a little bit about your, your insurance journey. How did you get to where you are? And tell us a little bit about you. All right. So I started, um, gosh, 20 years ago, right out of high school. <laughs> um, and I started on the mortgage side, actually. So 06, 07. So my kind of intro into the workforce was the mortgage industry retail loan officer. And then I went to work for the company carrier side. And um, that was all well and good until 06, 07 during the mortgage fallout, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I said, well, what else can I do? You know, I had a little bit of college education. Uh, what else can I do to, to jump into another career without going, you know, I went back to school, got my bachelor's during that time, just in business management, but, you know, continuing on to something else that was very similar to the mortgage process. Um, the real estate industry, you know, maybe something a little more recession proof than what uh, mortgages were. So I had a friend who was kind of in the same boat, but she had some insurance. Everybody has a friend that says, hey, have you ever thought about doing insurance? <laughs> right. Those crazy yeah, people over more, that bottle of um, wine, maybe that, you, you know, know you on the, the marketing you know, side of it, you know, that conversation. for no, the mortgage. No, that, um, those are great things that spur us. Marketing the products, the, the mortgage products to the mortgage brokers. And so for insurance, she goes, well, these same type of positions um, exist on the insurance carrier or the company side to market those products to the insurance agencies. So that was really my first step in was on the company carrier side. Um, and I met a lot of people and it was a, a 10 years um, of working with 400 plus different agencies throughout Florida, seeing how their offices ran, their agents work, their client services and customer service worked, um, to see how inefficient the processes were, honestly. And, uh, you know, the different types of agencies from agency owners to, you know, that were, um, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 years in business, and then you know, handing the businesses to their children and, you know, succession. Um, so there were a lot of different um, different angles to that. Um, so I was there for a long time and I learned a lot and it was a great experience. Um, and for many, many years of that, I had never even bound an insurance policy. <laughs> wow. I had my insurance license. I mean, and if you ask a lot of your company carrier reps, they probably have never even gone through their own system application to bind. So they know their product and they're a salesperson. But they they might know something about insurance, but um, it was kind of a, a teach your own and, and learn your own as you go type of thing. Wow, wow, that's that's an interesting philosophy to think about that. You know that that they haven't. You know that there's a lot of people out there, even on the carrier side. You know that because you know we we talk about that all the time about how our insureds and how our clients don't go through their policies, but we don't even think about other people in the insurance industry probably who might not either. Right. And, they, and the, the challenge was learning other people's products. So yes, we knew on the company side our own, but we didn't know, we knew our own exclusions and our own coverages and how to manipulate the system and, and you know, to get through all of that and, you know, keep the relationships alive. Um, but we never really, many of the reps there at that particular company really had never even bound a policy or worked on the agency side to do anything. Right. So they really didn't know. And so the, the interesting part to me was seeing all of those different agencies, 
how they're doing things. And I would always sit down, oh, show me how you go through our application. <laughs> what wow. does our application look like? <laughs> and you, what do you do to bind it? <laughs> so how do you do this, right? How do you do this? Yeah. How does it work on the other side? Because you're on the wholesale side, you're really kind of stuck in a bubble, you know, and you're only going to ever be privy to see so much from the other side. Right. Um, and you talk to a lot of different people through the office. You know, you're not always talking to the principal agent. You're talking to customer service or, you know, the agents themselves, whoever's making the decisions on where to place the policies. So I definitely got to speak to a lot of other, um, you know, every department that existed in all the agencies. So it was eye-opening. And so when I got the opportunity um, to partner here at Blanchard Insurance, it was eye-opening to see all of those different facets that we can, you know, fix because this agency was um, succession in a way as well. Okay. So yeah, to, so to come in here and set those processes in place has been interesting. Absolutely. So what do you feel like has been your biggest challenge in that direction? Because you sound like, because what I'm hearing is that you went from, from kind of, you know, seeing the process, knowing the process from a distance to all of a sudden being smack dab in the middle of it and um, trying to help an agency to grow and, and make, make transition and be able to be a part of that. What do you feel like was one of your larger challenges that you really needed to be able to overcome with that process? So the challenges of coming into an agency like this that were already existing was definitely the technology, the tracking, um, tracking leads coming in from different sources, um, building organic relationships and other business development relationships to get new business in okay. was one of them. The accounting and the whole commissions and uh, that section of it, we are still battling that and, and working on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Payroll, accounting, commit. These are things that I didn't, I never saw before coming over to this side of the business. Um, so I would say that those are, for us here, those are the biggest challenges. Wow. And with those challenges, what, what do you, what did you find really helped you with that? I mean, how have you kind of been able to make the progress that you've been able to make in those arenas? So working with the vendors, um, the CRMs, looking for integrations, um, trusted sources, outsourcing the $10 an hour work to somebody else, um, CPAs, payroll companies, um, that has been a lifesaver. So I think just getting the, the owners out of processing payroll and doing your QuickBooks accounting ledger, um, that has opened us up tremendously to more business development. We've grown a business development department now. We have people out bringing leads in. We've been able to focus more on sales and retention rather than your, I mean, I just think owners get stuck in this, I don't know, this black hole of emails and accounting and that's where they're not no they're not paying attention to the rest of what's going on in the agency. And there's so many things there's so many things on that end of things to be able to do too. I mean, it's like all of a sudden you never get back to selling because there's so many or growing because there's so many other things that are screaming, you know, because when you get one thing done and I found this in my agency, when I get one thing done it seems like there's something else that needs to be done. 
right? So when you get done with payroll, all of a sudden now you get, need to get your E&O done this month, right? And then the next time you need to make sure that you, you know, update these processes so that, that way you can track things. And then, you know, and then, oh, then you sell a little bit. And then, oh, now you need to make sure that you, you know, it just, it just seems like this never ending spiral of things to get done. And a lot of them don't necessarily make money for you, but they're good things that you need to do to keep up your sales. I mean, to keep up your, your agency operations in a successful way. Yeah. And I think that here kind of bringing on a, a partnership mentality, like when I came on with the, the current owner that was here, um, you doing, and you need to be getting back to some of that higher commercial, you know, sales to train and mentor our other salespeople. You know, we felt like just where are our strengths and taking it from there. And I was better with the operational efficiencies. And then, you know, he's better with the training and mentorship in that direction of things. So getting him out of that email black hole and off of all that accounting and just, you know, just delegating really and letting some control go. And that's the hard part. I think it's coming in and doing that. Um, But I've had a lot of great mentors over the years and they weren't necessarily women. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, definitely women empowerment and I have two girls that, you know, work here underneath me that I I work really hard to mentor um, in different facets with that never had thought about insurance before, you know, coming, you know, coming together with us. But through the years, it's really been male mentors that want to be behind the scenes, but, you know, help us empower ourselves. So I've been very fortunate to have those relationships. And where do you find those relationships as far as those, those male or female, those, those mentor type situations? Cause I think depending on where people are in the insurance industry now, depending on, you know, where, if they're in a carrier or if they're, you know, in an agency or if they own an agency, if they're, you know, where they are in that process, sometimes it's hard for us to be able to open ourselves up, maybe ask people to be able to be those mentors or ask people to just sit down and talk to us about blank, right? It is a mentor doesn't necessarily mean, I've learned over the years that mentor doesn't necessarily mean somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm sitting under for 20 years. You know, it could be somebody who's in the moment giving me a light of information that I need to know. So how do you, how do you open yourself up to being able to find those mentors and those people that have kind of lit the way for you? You know, I was back, back then. And I mean, the, the first person that comes to mind was 20 years ago when I was working for the mortgage um, bank. And it seemed like in that industry, you kind of moved as teams to different companies, right? So we would always move together, but there was always this one particular gentleman that always wanted to keep the teams together, men, women, indifferent. And I just looked up to him because of that, because he was found a good team and he was loyal to us. And we just built something together from one company to the next. And it meant promotions or whatever, you know, going up the ladder. But I hate the saying of it's not always who you know, or you have to know somebody to get somewhere. It's not that it's, it's meeting and connecting with somebody that has the same goals and insights as what you do. And they want to help everybody, not just themselves. So I don't know where you find that, but I was fortunate to just have that, that team of people throughout the different careers. Um, but if I was going to give back something now, it's doing that for other people. And that's where I think that um, in this agency, bringing in that, the skills that I brought in with the marketing and the business development and, and mentoring, you know, the, the agents, the couple girls here that want to do something, you know, like that, 
sky is the limit with insurance. There is a lot of different um, angles to it. So they don't just have to be an insurance agent, salesperson, and sell. You know, there's other there's other sides to this. Um, so I think when you open it up for people, you you bring new talent, you bring new you're you're more diverse than what you're maybe advertising for on your employment ad. You're looking for a different type of person. Um, but I would definitely want to be that person to somebody else because it's um, it's been a great run uh, and it's, I don't know, it's definitely rewarding. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are your biggest, what is the biggest tool that has made the biggest difference for you? So, I mean, I know sometimes you, you mentioned automation, you talk about the fact that you're in operations, that you're very passionate about that mentoring. What is maybe a book or a tool or a uh, class or a, um, a something that you found that helped you to kind of hone in on where you really wanted to be, where you found your passion and what has helped you to be able to be the leader that you are today in the insurance industry? I would definitely say the committees and the boards with a lot of the, um, the groups and associations and the community involvement, because when you're on the company side of business for so long, you're alone in a lot of aspects. So I was always looking to be around other people on committees, on boards, take leadership roles, that always helped me if you're if you're leading and you're president, vice president of a board, you immediately have that that team, you know, already kind of set up for you. So I would say the biggest tool for me was getting involved in the community, the the boards, the groups, the panels, anywhere I could speak and meet people. Um, that would be my biggest tool. I'm not huge on reading books and you know that type of thing, but listening to other people and taking away things from what they say, even on the, the outside, you know, the marketing world of this with real estate agents and taking from their successes and their panels and how they do things. Um, anybody that, you know, any motivational speaker, or this is how I run my day. This is how I have work-life balance. Um, you know, taking away from things like that is, has really been my biggest tool. And now they're all on zoom right now. So they're a lot easier to attend and you don't have to get all made up. <laughs> true, true. You just keep your hair up in a ponytail and, you know, attend as many as you want. And I've, I've really noticed that. I feel like with all this COVID-19 stuff, I think that we have become so much more virtual that we are including more people and making things so much more accessible. And I like that. And um, I've actually ordered a couple of uh, books over the course of, of the internet or whatever. But then with it comes a couple of really great videos. And, you know, and then I've been able to sit in on some networking opportunities, some business opportunities, and yet so just some people that are like, hey, let's talk about whatever. And, you know, getting a group of people together and just talking about different things. And I, I agree with you. I think just being available and being 
um, ready to serve at any moment just opens us up to a world of opportunities that a lot of times we don't, that if we're so focused on one area and one end of things, we, we, we completely miss. And we do have to make sure that we are focused for the concept of growth and for the concept of a couple of those things, but then also having that section of our life that we leave open to being able to serve on a board or serving on a group of uh, committee or whatever that might be, because you are going to meet different people, different philosophies, different ways of doing things, different technologies, different, um, you know, whatever it might be that then we can bring back to our agencies and kind of make sure that we do implement those. Yeah. And that's why I think too, like bringing in all of these different industries and not just always focusing on what does the insurance industry do? What does the banking industry do? What is more like, I mean, we're pretty antiquated when it comes to a lot of the other industries. So bringing in other people in your organization that have other industry experience is helpful as well. And that has been um, tremendous for us. Um, I mean, one of the biggest takeaways of you know, and, and as I'm mentoring a daughter myself and she's wanting to get her insurance license and she's been working, you know, with us a lot and, you know, just different things that have come up and she's seen me be able to have that work-life balance. And I never had to take my kids to extended day. It would drop them off at the bus stop, pick them up, that type of, of balance with work. And I think that that, if you're talking about women and empowering and insurance is being able to be a mother and work and everything else that comes along with it, which ends up being five jobs. Very, very true. Women are multitaskers, so we tend to be able to handle this. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> which is what this company needed. This company needed a woman for sure because it was uh, it was men and a lot of men. <laughs> well, good. So you're able to bring a different philosophy to it, a little bit different, a uh, little bit different right. focus to it. And I do think that women women yeah, run a yeah. business a lot differently than men. You know, I know yes. um, my husband, he's just a fabulous human being. And, and we got together about 10 years ago and I was in the middle of raising my kids. And um, at that point, my kids were 16 and um, like 12. And, um, and he would always be like, but you have to do this from the office. And I'd be like, no, I'm doing it from my car and I'm picking up kids. And we have snack packets in the back and change of clothes and shoes in the back seat of the car. And we're blowing and we're going and I'm still doing business. And it just totally blew his mind. I mean, you know, because it was just not the way that he had done business, even though he had been a... Uh, a, a single parent of two boys, he also just had a lot more of that structured way of doing things. And I think women were all like, sure, let's get this done and do business all kind of at the same time. And it is wearing that, those multiple hats. Um, I'm not really just going to say simultaneously, but it's also the quickness to be able to take off the hat and put the next hat on. And I find that's one of the things that women do really, really well is the, is the transition between the different aspects of our lives so succinctly that that is more difficult for other people. Well, and one of the best, um, you know, kind of takeaways from a, a panel I was listening to one time, and it, it was some real estate agents, and they were talking about this work-life balance and how the different generations um, handle that. So maybe you have your, you know, the millennials who have their phone on, then they'll take calls and texts from clients up till 11 o'clock, you know, midnight, they're going to bed at one o'clock in the morning versus you have a group of people that are in bed by nine and they're shutting their phone off at seven for dinner with their family and that they're still available, but they're handling their businesses differently when it comes to that work-life balance. 
So a lot of things generationally are interesting as well to how our agents handle the business that's coming in. You know, I have some agents that they'll work all weekend if they need to, because, you know, they're, they can work on the go. And then you have others that are like, nope, shutting it off at five o'clock Friday. I'll pick it back up at nine o'clock on Monday. Um, and a lot of that is generational, really. I mean, that I, I've seen that um, a lot here. Right, right. Do you find that the people that work more um, throughout their lives, more can, um, all the time-ish, you know, kind of thing, do you feel like they get burnt out or that they have challenges with that, maybe that you guys have to deal with as an, as an agency more, more frequently? Or do you find that they're more, that they're just as inspired, they're just as rested, they're just as, because I've, I've heard a lot of different conversations in those directions that some people get burnt out a lot faster if they're constantly on, whereas other people feel like, no, it lets me live my life and then just take pieces of whatever and still be able to work. So I have more freedom. There's different areas of that. How have you seen as a, as a business owner that that's, that that's affected your team? Have you, have you seen that at all? I think giving it as, I mean, it's an option, but I have had to shut people down before as in, look, you need to turn your computer and your phone off this weekend because you can tell with not work quality as much as you can just hear it in the just maybe mm. the attitude or, you know, that they're burned out. I get burned out. I want to yeah. unsync my emails on the weekend sometime because it's too much to be on 24 seven. But then you have others that can automatically do that for themselves. Like, like I just turn off my email on the weekend if I want to. So it just depends on what type of person it is, but you still have to manage that because you can tell when they're getting burned out and if it's going to affect quality and how they're communicating with the clients. So I don't know. I, I think that you just have to, everybody to each their own. We give it as an option, you know? I mean, a lot of them are on commission only. So you want the leads, you wanna work over the weekend. This is what we've got now. Um, so right. it just depends. Work ethic comes into play too. And some people just have better time management. And like you said, they can block it off. And maybe they're off from 12 to three because they're home doing laundry, but then they're going to pick it up from three to nine. Right. However, as long as it gets done. Um, but it's definitely a management tool at that point um, to see how people deal with it because it can be stressful. It can be. And I think as, as owners, business owners, it's important for us to be uh, attuned to that, to be able to watch our team, to be able to through our, our check-ins with them, you know, be able to kind of be, be sensitive to where they are and what they're doing, what they're going through. Um, and I think women are more attuned to that in, in a lot of ways than men are, because we are, we, we kind of pick up on some of those, um, secondary clues a little bit differently than other people do. And, um, I've really noticed that, that, I agree. I think sometimes people need the permission to be able to truly shut down. But at the same point, I think by giving that to them, they're, they're, they're fired up faster, easier, ready to go. And there are other people that manage themselves a little bit easier and they don't need us to come on in and be able to say, Hey, I've noticed, you know, maybe you just need to, you know, shut down this weekend and just kind of relax. And, um, I think that's really, really important as a business owner and women are really, really good with it is being in tune with our team that way so that we can watch their reactions to things and help them stay sharp and stay energized and stay, you know, stay engaged with, with the groove of things. So that way they don't get burnt out. Well, and kind of back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the whole, the work from home now because of the COVID-19 and I mean, we don't micromanage by any means you get 
work to do, you do it. You know, I mean, with the CRMs, you know, what's being done with the phone ringing, you know, what's being done. Right. Um, so there's no reason to micromanage, but still, even with having new business come in and the amount of time it, you see it coming in and going out, that's your management right there. Are they, are they getting done? Is the quality, does it, the quote look the same? You know, it does, is the presentation the way it's supposed to be, you know, things mm. like that. Those are management tools that you're paying attention to what's going on. I have, you know, situations to where sometimes I, I feel like maybe I've sent four or five new leads out that we've gotten in taking a lot more time to get them done than what they probably would have done it sitting here in the office. So then you have, then you start wondering, okay, are they having an issue with time management? Are they having an issue, you know, getting through their day without somebody at the office saying, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, you have to pay attention still. So how do y'all kind of stay up on that? How do y'all stay up on that? Your, your CRM has reporting mm -hmm. on all that as far as where, um, how long it takes to be able to complete tasks. And do you guys, cause I find that with all this, like I have the voice over IP phones and I've got this, but I've, I'm find myself logging in to check all these numbers and everything. How are you guys kind of managing all that without creating more work for you? You know, yourself? we've started just through this. Um, I feel like we might be the last ones to ever use this, but we started using Microsoft Teams. <laughs> okay. And I, you know, and then I find out my kids have been using it in school, you know, for their schoolwork. <laughs> um, so I don't know why we weren't using this, but that has actually been a really good tool for us. We, it's easy. It's easier than Zoom even to meet on Microsoft Teams in the mornings, like as a quick morning meeting. So everybody gets on every morning at nine o'clock and how's your day looking? What does everybody have on their plate? So we've used that as a tool. There's, there's live tracking sheets in there that we've made. So just the camaraderie back and forth, there's chats. You can do some fun little emoji stuff just to keep people going during the day. That has tended to center us during this time, um, just using a free Microsoft app um, that other offices probably are using, but uh, for some reason, different people <laughs> use different things. Yeah. So that's just something fun that we've been able to find. Yeah. I mean, you know, because you get some, a little bit of downtime during something like this and you can look for those processes and those new things to use. Um, so for tracking purposes, we can see things coming in and out of that of the, the, the tracking, um, spreadsheet that we use in there. Okay. So it's pretty simple. Um, but you, yeah, you can, it kind of timestamps too. And then you can see, okay, you know, this person was sent this lead at, you know, nine o'clock and maybe it's four o'clock and you don't have anything back yet for some reason, or maybe there's an issue. So um, right. a lot of communication, right. but I, like you said, certain people can do it and they don't need to be managed at all. They can work from home and remotely. And then some people do. And I just think that that's the same way in an office. Honestly, some people you have to ask all the time, what are they doing? And some people, yeah, don't. yeah. Absolutely. With this business with 1099s or if they're on salary or what, however the structure is that changes it too. So it's, um, it's a challenge, right. but, but for us, it's, it's, it's been fine. It's worked out great. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think you get a lot of really good ideas for people who want to be able to work virtually or get their virtual agency up and running and how to be able to really like listen and, and be attuned to their team and kind of about your journey. If people wanted to be able to reach on out to you and connect directly with you, how would you like for them to reach on out and connect? Because I know, like you mentioned earlier, you have that, that mentoring spirit. You want to be able to walk alongside maybe other people who are doing awesome things in the industry. So if people wanted to reach out to you how would you be most comfortable for them reaching out to you um anything on obviously facebook or email text um on facebook it's jamie hoover i'm on the 
the insurance owner's um, agency page, and then I'm commenting and, and I do some um, engagement on that for sure. Um, and then Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at BlanchardInsurance.com. Uh, those would be the best ways. Fabulous. Yeah, I've definitely made a lot of connections on that site. So it's been great. Been a great site. I really have enjoyed the IAOA site for the for anybody who is an agency owner. And they do the double checking because they want to make sure that, you know, just random people are not being added to the group. So they do a little bit of extra double checking. But they, the insurance agency owners, IAOA, Independent Insurance Agency Owners Alliance um, has been a great tool and it's been great to be able to meet so many other agency owners and be, be inspired. And I know we talk about the mentoring piece of it, that that has been for me one of the biggest things that whenever I need a little bit of extra pick me up, I have people on there that I've connected with that I can just say, hey guys, you know, I'm just in this place right now and we can just pick each other up and it has been wonderful and and I do uh, coordinate a, a mastermind through there a couple of years ago um, IAOA started these mastermind groups and um, a lot of them didn't make but ours has been wonderful and really 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 stuck with it and been very dynamic through that and those people are just so amazing for me so getting that that mentorship that community those people that can help you pick yourself up you know kind of what I say is by your bootstraps you know pick yourself up move forward and realize that tomorrow's going to be different from today. Even if we have a little bit of a, a, a little bit, of, even if we have a little bit of a gloomy day today, tomorrow the sun will shine, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that too on that, on that site is, um, you know, just wanting ideas from different agencies and owners on the business development piece and bringing marketing in the, you know, the marketing side of it. And um, I, I feel like we've been pretty helpful with that. So good. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jamie. You have been amazing. I really, really appreciate you. Everybody, this has been the Power Women in Insurance podcast with Jamie Hoover. And uh, please reach on out to us if you guys have any questions. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast today so that you can stay up on all the great information as we interview and get to know other powerful women in the insurance industry. Everybody have a really great day.